Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, it's Gunnar Esiason, back for another episode of Breathe In. As always, joined by my lovely co-host, Tiffany Rich, and our co-host for the month, Marge Carfora. How are you guys? Good. I'm doing all right. I am well. Um, So to round off uh, Transplant Awareness Month, or Organ Donation Awareness Month, rather, uh, we are going to finish with everyone's favorite kind of episode, Buy or Sell, but this time we're actually going to include our guest in a Buy or Sell episode, uh, Mm -hmm. which is is a first. I know Buy or Sell uh, has been one of our more popular uh, episodes um, for for the life of the podcast, and we haven't done one in a while, so we're going to bring it back. Uh, For those of you who may be new to the podcast, which I'm sure there's plenty of you out there, let's Mm -hmm. go over the rules of Buy or Sell. So Mm -hmm. Buy or Sell is when we introduce uh, either two competing topics and you have to buy one and sell the other or there will just be one topic or one item on the list and you have to buy that item or sell it. So mm-hmm. the, the classic example that we, we have used in the past and, and something that Leah and I used to fight over was yeah. the pick line versus port uh, discussion yes. where mm-hmm. uh, t- you know Leah and Tiffany, you guys were always team port and I am yep. team pick line. Um, so that's Gunner, the, the, I'm with you on that one yes, this time. Yes, I'm with you. I'm too yes, pick line. Yes. Oh, see, man. thank you. I don't have someone to back me. My, up my people are out there. My people are out there. Um, we're, 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 we're an underrepresented group, upper represented group, but we are out that's there true. on team pick line. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of the, the ins and outs of it. Make sure you play along with us in the comments. Let us know what you think about the buy or sell uh, game as we go. And of course, you know, if we miss something that you want us to talk about in the buy or sell world, let us know so we can do it next time. Uh, because I can promise you this will not be the last time that we do buy or sell. Uh, so we're going to go through a bunch of them. A lot of you guys have already submitted topics, uh, and we're, we're just going to dive right into it. So this first one on the top of the list uh, is actually a heated, heated debate on the social media channels. It, it, people are really at each other's throats over this one. Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of person who wears slippers yeah. or the special socks in the hospital? So when I say right. special socks, I mean the, the socks with the treads on the bottom of them yep. so you're not sliding all over the hospital floor. Are you right. buying or selling the slippers versus the socks? Uh, personally, I am a socks with treads guy in the hospital, mm-hmm. so I am going to buy the socks in this case. Okay. So... For me, I like the socks with the tread, but I like to bring my own socks with a tread. Is that weird? Because when I was <laughs> so when I was going through transplant, Leah bought me these perfect socks. I can't tell you. I got so many compliments on them. They're little koalas. And they had a tread on the bottom and they worked out so well. And I still wear them. And I like the tread because then I don't slip and they're easy to put on and off. And then when I'm done with them, we just put them in like, you know, the um, plastic bag that they give you and just bring them right to the 
um, to the laundry and just, you know, disinfect them. But I really like that. But I used to be full slippers. I used to bring like the funniest slippers they had. I think I, oh, it's, it's really embarrassing, but, um, you remember limited Two back in the day when you're oh, young, yeah. I still have the <laughs> slippers from when I was probably like, I want to say eight. <laughs> they That's still hilarious. Fit. They still fit. So, you know, but those were always, um, you know, I'm always fashionable in the hospital, so I can't, I can't do the, the regular, everybody else's socks. Just saying. <laughs> I am all about the socks with the treads. Mm -hmm. Slippers make my feet sweat. So I absolutely love the socks. I love the ones that they give you. Yeah. I have to say I've gotten some hospital socks are better than others. And some have definitely come home with me to get disinfected and I wear them around my own house. (laughs) And then when I, when I crawl into bed to go to sleep, the socks come off. That's it. No socks barefoot. Yeah, no, I I am definitely a no socks guy while I sleep. Um, But I I will, I will also say that you guys make a good point about like the disinfecting of the, of the hospital socks. Um, I, uh, don't bring slippers to the hospital purely for that reason. Like I don't want to have to bring my slippers home or, yep. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I'm definitely very careful about what I do bring, uh, to the hospital. I mean, to that end, I know a little, uh, uh a little maybe unpopular opinion here, but like I'm the kind of person where whatever there's therapy animals, animals in the hospital or an opportunity to bring the dog, the dog to the hospital. I say no 100% because mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Dogs are not, uh, you know, the dog fur and the dog skin is not immune to those, those hospital acquired germs. So, you know, you don't want one of those, you know, don't want a dog that's walking around on the floor jumping in your hospital, bed. that's just like not a good idea. I think I see people, uh, you know, with their, their service animals or whatever in the hospital and, you know, that's their choice. But like me personally, I could never imagine having my dog in the hospital with me and then having the dog, you know, covered in that kind of thing. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. So for that line of thinking, I'm, uh, I'm on the Sox team. Uh, when it comes to being in the hospital. All right, so now we're going to move on to our uh, our CFRD friends, our CFRD friends, uh, our cystic fibrosis related diabetes friends. You know, mentioned uh, or really submitted a number of topics. So our first one is right here, and it's going to be about checking your blood sugars. Are you the kind of person that you prefer using uh, the lancets than using the the meter, or are you the kind of person who prefers having a uh, a CGM or a continuous glucose monitor? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I do not, I have the steroid induced diabetes. So basically I don't know if it's going to go away or not. So right now I'm fully meter and Lancet, but I will say I will not take, I will not use another Lancet except Genteel because it does not hurt and I can take blood from anywhere. So that's my, you know, that's what I'm saying. So I've never used a CGM. Uh, my boyfriend does use it for type one. He loves it. Um, so you know, hopefully my diabetes goes away, but if not, I will probably go to a CGM. So right now, so right now you're buying the Lancet, but not and selling the CGM. Marge, what about you? You have CFRD. Yeah, I have CFRD. My CFRD is definitely never going anywhere. So I'm Mm -hmm. stuck with that. So if you would have asked me this question a month ago, I would have told you I was a hard sell on the CGM. Okay. I just got the Dexcom G6 (laughs) and I am a hard buy. I absolutely love it. The way that they updated it, you don't have to calibrate the machine. I don't even have to check my blood sugar at all. Super accurate, super easy to insert. Absolutely love it. Is it painful? It's not painful. I don't feel it at all. Sometimes I get like a little itchy because of like the adhesive on my skin. Okay. But besides that, I don't really notice it at all. And I just 
it helped me justify getting an Apple Watch because now <laughs> my CGM just feeds right to my wrist, and I, I don't love even have that. to like take anything out. So I didn't really I didn't nice justification. That. Yeah, so it everything goes to the app on my phone. Wow. Um, and then one day my kids were playing with my phone, and I didn't have my phone on me, and I was like, well, shoot. I need to see what my blood sugar is, and I didn't want to take Baby Shark away from them. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I think I need an Apple Watch, and now I have an Apple Watch. Awesome. So there you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I'm not, I am a CFRD negative person, um, So, but I, but I did for a week. Uh, about a month or two ago, I did take my blood yeah. sugars with a Lancet and a meter for about a week just to check because I know there is – uh, some discrepancy right now about whether or not we are diagnosing CFRD in the appropriate way. There's actually a guest sure. blog post about that on my blog. You can check out. Um, so uh, I uh, don't really have enough experience in the matter, but I did check my blood sugars with my with the Lancets for uh, for about a week, and I didn't really mind it. So, uh, but I'm 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 gonna stay uh, mute on that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Perry LC versus the Perry Sprint. So those are the Neb Cups. Uh, the Perry Sprint is the blue uh, yeah. Neb Cup. It's it, it looks very similar to a Perry LC, which is just kind of the clear gray um, uh, uh, Nebulizer Cup. Uh, the Perry Sprint is uh, supposedly a little faster. Um, I use the Perry Sprint. I find that uh, whether or not it does actually work faster Maybe, but I, I think they're easy to clean. They're easy to use. Uh, mm-hmm. I try to buy them in bulk when I can. And the bottom line is if I can save a few minutes while I'm doing treatments, it adds up over time. So I'm buying the Perry Sprint uh, over the Perry LC. Now, I know you guys haven't done treatments in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I I, so I'm wondering I if you guys even ever used the Perry LC Sprint. So I actually still do get some mucus plugs in my left lung. So occasionally I will have to do some albuterol and, and some saline. But I have, like, just the old school, like, really old school nebulizer cups. I think I just have the Perry. I'm not even sure which one it is. I'm like, oh, this is good. This seems to work. So <laughs> so I'm kind of neutral on this one. But yeah. And, you know, the, the saline and the albuterol for me goes so fast. I remember back in the day when I was doing Toby and Calistin. Oh, yeah. You know, you certainly want something that goes faster because those mm-hmm. things just take mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I've used both. So I think I will buy the Sprint just for the fact that it did go faster. And I kind of like how it opens on the top compared to like unscrewing, if I'm right about what I'm talking about. But, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you you definitely, um, I you, you're right. You know, I think... I think the thing is with, with the Ned Cups is like you got to figure out uh, you know, what's affordable, what you can get with the deals and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what medication you're going to be using because not all medication can be, uh, administered through different Neb cups. Um, as far as I know, the Perry Sprint actually is, uh, compatible with just about every medication except case. And obviously, um, we talked about the eFlow before on a previous episode. I sell the eFlow. I hate that thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard the Perry sprint train. Um, all right, next we have Zopinex versus Albuterol. Uh, I actually sell both of these. Uh, I, uh, I have done Albuterol. I have done Zopinex. Uh, and I am, 
not a fan of either because you feel jittery and like you just can't uh, calm down. I actually use Duo Neb as my uh, albuterol <laughs> yeah. uh, just for a number of different reasons. I also use like the, the name of it is escaping me at the moment. The the, the super cool uh, inhaler. Uh, man, what the hell is that thing called? The Combivent. Yes, the Combivent. Yeah. So I yeah. use uh, I know Combivent and is is a little different than albuterol, but um, okay. I actually use Duo Neb. So I'm selling both as Open X and mm-hmm. albuterol here. Yeah. So. Funny story. So, <laughs> when I, <laughs> so when I was, you know, going through being on the transplant list, I have always used albuterol my whole life, and you know, I never thought there was something different. So as I was getting sicker, my heart rate with the albuterol was going crazy, and it was to a point that I was coughing and like so jittery I couldn't even do the treatment. Because I, I couldn't handle it. So, you know, Leah being Miss Nurse, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, we need to change that. <laughs> and told me, you need to go get Zopinex and we're going to try that. Because she was all about taking care of me. And so we, I went to my doctor at CF Clinic and told them, you know, I'm having really jittery. I can't hardly do my treatment because of this. And they prescribed me Zopinex, and it was like a night and day thing for me. I was not jittery. I was actually able to sit there and do my treatment, even though I was hacking up along. But that's what we need to do. So, um, but that's just how I got into Zopinex. So that was Leah's doing. <laughs> and so I, I will buy Zopinex and sell Albuterol. I have not taken either one of those for like two years, so I don't know how it would affect me now. But for being when I was sick, Zopinex for sure. So I, I will. I'm on the tip train on this one. I will buy the Zopinex, although I always forget to request the Zopinex. <laughs> so right now I have like a ton of Albuterol on hand, so I'm like. All right, if I need to use it, I'll just use the albuterol. But at the end of the day, I hate the jittery feeling. Yeah. So the the new Apple Watch actually does like an ECG on it. <laughs> so the other night when I was doing my albuterol, I was like, hmm, out of curiosity, let me oh. see what it's doing to my heart rate. And it come back came back with like an unclear reading. So I was like, that goes to show you how much it increases your heart rate. Right. So I would always prefer to do the Zopinex. For sure. Gotcha. I mean, I, I think the Zopinex, I think is, I think it's a... It's it's just a lot better than albuterol, in my opinion. But you know, we're not medical professionals. Seek advice from your yeah. doctor. Um, <laughs> okay, next one. This one's a question for you guys. Um, are you buying or selling the BiPAP? Um. Okay, so I wouldn't do it just to, like before. Okay, so before transplant, I didn't need it until I was starting to have anxiety uh-huh. because I. Um, they wouldn't allow me to take pills because those were um, respiratory suppressants. Mm-hmm. So I was having such ma- such major anxiety that they told me we're going to put you on a BiPAP and to see if that's going to help you because it should because it helps the, um, you know, get all that uh, air in you and help you breathe better and not struggle as much. So when we did start it, I saw a big difference in my anxiety and my breathing. So I think for that aspect, I would totally buy it. I would not do it if I didn't have anxiety unless I was really needing it um, for the CO2 and all that. So, 
So did you have that during the day too, or was that just overnight? So I did it whenever I was just sitting around, which was a lot of time. So (laughs) I would just put it on. (laughs) So I would just put it on and then um, I would then have it on all night too. Mm -hmm. So I would just do it as much as possible, especially to give my lungs a break because they were struggling a lot. So yeah, for the most part, for the last like few months, I was doing it a lot. And Marge, what about you? Did you ever use the BiPAP? Got it. Never used a BiPAP. Never had to use it. I was always on oxygen, and I had that continuous flow oxygen tank for overnight. And then Mm -hmm. that one that kind of, like, did the burst into your nose during the day that it was actually like you had to breathe in, and then it would push the pulse pulse oxygen. Yep. So I can't buy or sell the BiPAP, but, like, if, you know, God forbid if I needed it, I would have done it, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of weird because it's like this big wind tunnel. When you first yeah. put it on, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, you don't even know what's going on. It's kind of weird. and um, But, you know, I, I think it works for a lot of people. And it's a great it's a great thing to have if you need it. And, um, you know, I'd be, before I was on the list, I only needed it once. And that was because my heart rate was way too high. And I just needed a little bit of help. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you need yeah. a break. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so moving on from there, something that I think we've all experienced is home IVs versus inpatient, and it's also something that we've talked about before in the podcast, uh, but now we'll give Marge her say here. Uh, personally, I'm on team home IVs. I think when I was when I was really, really, really little kid, uh, my parents like sort of set a a standard that uh, I would never go into the hospital unless it was like an absolute emergency. Uh, so right. I've I've been doing home IVs for pretty much my entire life. You know, my parents learned, I learned at a very young age how to do it. Um, I personally, I'm terrified of staying inpatient because I, you know, we kind of talked about it before those hospital acquired infections kind of scare the hell out of me. So, um, I, I think home IVs for me is what works. And, uh, I absolutely 100% sell inpatient. I feel like when I'm inpatient, I can't stick to my normal CF routine. I don't do my treatments on time. The medications never come on time. I'm just sitting there waiting for something to happen and yeah. uh, you can't sleep. It, I mean, honestly, I don't know how people feel better. After going in the hospital for an extended period of time, like it just yeah. to me, it seems like such a foreign idea that people can actually somehow feel better from being in the hospital. It just makes no sense. Uh, so I am 100% cell inpatient. I'm with you on that one. I'm cell inpatient. I love doing home IVs when I had to do them. Um, I would always go in for like a day or two just to make sure the medicine, you know, was started accurately, get my mm-hmm. pick line in, go home the next day. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of like you get back to your routine, people can come visit you. Um, you know, be there to support you while you're going through it. And you're kind of just in that comfort of your own home. Like mm-hmm. I like you, Gunner, I hated waiting for my meds, waiting for a nurse yeah. to give me my meds. Like I just wanted to do it all myself. Like I know the timing. I can do it. Yeah. I can take yeah. my meds. I don't need the pharmacy to deliver me my meds. So I mean, to me, just being outpatient was so much better. The, the other part of it too is like, you know, even like I, I have been like incredibly sick to the point where like I can't get out of my bed without somebody helping. Mm-hmm. But even then I would rather be responsible for – you know, doing my duoneb and doing my hypertonic saline and setting up my my medications because it all not only does it like stimulate your mind, you know, you're 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 actively mm-hmm. doing something, but you feel accomplished after having achieved such a very small thing. You yes. know, I, I think just the, you know the the inpatient side is just like horrendous. Like I, I will not go inpatient even if I am like on the verge of collapse like it just won't happen i like refuse i refuse treatment as well my favorite word to use while inpatient by the way is refuse 
Like yeah. I, it, it happens like two or three times a day where I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. You have to be kidding. Right. Like do, do not stick me with that needle. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just that kind of person when I'm impatient, I'm probably labeled as a difficult person, difficult patient, but like, what do I care? I'm buying their services. It's like, it's, it's kind of the right. same thing. Like if you're being treated unfairly at a restaurant, like would you just leave? Yeah, yeah you would. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I look at impatient yeah. life. Yeah. And then the overnight vital signs always just oh. flipped me yeah, out. Like, I'm, like, not, I'm not, I'm not dying. Just let me, let me right. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I was just in the hospital not too long ago for a week and that was not fun. But of course it wasn't like CF related, um, per se, but, um, I would definitely do home IV all, all the yeah, all the way. Um, I know before I had to go in, like Marge said a couple days just to make sure everything was going well. But the thing is, with your pick line, I could just go to the infusion clinic down here and get my port access like in five minutes. I'm just saying. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes they can just watch me for one dose of an IV and then I just go home and just have everything delivered. So that was really convenient. So then I really didn't have to go inpatient. I would just go over there really quick and then come home. Um, So I like that. I know when I was super, super sick, I did need to be in the hospital just because I needed that support. Um, Mm. And they were changing my meds so much and doing so much for me that that really helped. Um, But I didn't like being in there for a long time. So definitely would go for a few days and then go home. Yeah, I mean, you you, you talked about the the infusion clinic, by the way. I mean, literally in five minutes from my house, we actually have an outpatient interventional radiology unit. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of us in the area don't actually go into this, the cystic fibrosis center to have our pick lines placed. We just go to an outpatient unit. Right. I can, I can be at the outpatient unit, get the pick line at home in less than an hour. So okay. I, right. yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying about starting yeah. up the, the port, but for yeah. me, it's like changing a tire. Like, I mean, there's been days when I would yeah. go to the outpatient clinic, get my pick line put in, and then just go right yeah. to work. Like, it's it's like, That's it's good. all kind of like part of the the general yeah. motion of the day. So, um, I think so you handle it better than I do, Gunner, because when I get a pick line, that whole day I'm just like dramatic and like, oh my god, I got a pick line. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, there are believe me, there are days when I like, there are days when yeah. I when I definitely need to take a step back. Like, I mean, let's yeah. put it this way, you know, there's times when I do a tune up you know, on a self-elected basis, or there's times yeah, when right. I, uh, you know, desperately need a pick line because I'm feeling very, very sick. And on those days, you know, I will, I'll take a day or two yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to, to myself to, to kind of come back to, to, to baseline before yeah. jumping back in the regular part of life. Um, all right, next we have, uh, I guess it's a question for me. It is the Aflovest versus the Monarch. Uh, we've talked about this one before as well. I'm selling the Aflovest. I think the Aflovest is like a junior varsity airway clearance system uh, versus uh, the Monarch, which is actually works. Uh, so I think the, the Monarch, uh, in my opinion, is something that um, – I like, I love, it has made my life a lot easier, especially when I travel. It's a very easy right. thing to travel with. Um, and it's, you know, really one less thing to think about when I do have to travel. Uh, so I'm buying the Monarch and selling the Avlovest. Um, I I liked when we talked to him about it and like had those oh, um, yeah. pods that you could change, like which one was going if you had like a problem in one area. If you, maybe you have a port in this area, you could turn it off. So you wouldn't have to have that pain of, getting it um you know pounded on yep, and uh-huh. stuff I, I really like that um even though i've never used it or anything but i like what he explained and how it's used so uh-huh. that's really cool 
Um, yeah, no, the monarch is definitely it's it's very tailored to the individual use. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so now back to another CFRD question. We have the insulin pump versus, uh, I guess, syringe administered insulin. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never used insulin, so I can't talk to this one. So yeah. I will uh, put put the ball in your court here. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've never used a pump. Uh-huh. So I would definitely buy um, the syringes, but I like the quickie pins or I get quick pin uh-huh. because um, those are just a pen. You don't have to go into a vial and take out the insulin. Um, it's already in there and you could just dial it to how many units you need and just um, go, you know, just in, in, uh, inject it. Uh-huh. It's really easy. I, you know, I, I like it. I know people love the pump too, but I've never used it. So I will buy the um, quick pin and sell the insulin pump. I'm on the same page with that one. I mm-hmm. buy the quick pen and I sell the pump. I, they, you know, my team, my endocrinologist has been trying to get me on the pump for a while. No interest in it at all. I really do like the quick pen. I use the same thing that you do. So I don't have to actually sit there and draw the insulin with like a syringe. I kind of just like dial it up and then take the yeah. insulin. What I'm yeah. actually working on now is um, there's this new product out called the InPen that actually mm-hmm. has some Wi-Fi features into it. And it actually does oh. talk to an app on your phone. So it Whoa. does some of the math for you. So that mm. if you go to take insulin, it can it can tell the last time you took it, how many units you took, how wow. many carbs you ate, and actually calculate if there's any working insulin still in your body. Oh, that's cool. So then you won't drop really low. Yeah. So so oh. that I have to get educated on that before I can use it. Um, yeah. So but that's in the on the docket for me for the summer. So you carb count? I carb count. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. We we talked about carb counting. It's basically it's how many units per. You take a certain number of units per how many carbs. So that's how many yep. uh, insulin units you put into your body when you eat. Yep. So, for uh, example, I take one unit per every 15 grams of carbs that I okay. eat. So, like, I just have to have a good understanding of, of how many carbs I'm eating before I take yeah. my insulin. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So that's – so I um... – that is interesting because I, I, I've heard that the insulin pump, I guess, makes life easier for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. the way you guys are managing your diabetes just doesn't make sense if I'm yeah. hearing you correctly. Yeah. And for me, it's like I think it is partly just not wanting to have another medical device yeah, on me. For sure. Like I have the CGM and that's fine. But like mm-hmm. I just don't want to worry about another device. Yeah. Uh-huh. I so I think I've been resistant to it for that. Uh-huh. I got rid of the feeding tube. Like I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind. I feel free. Yeah. Like I want to right. there. So I always say, I was always saying tubeless tiff over here because yeah, I went tubeless tiff. I exactly. So tubes, and then once I got everything out, I was like, I'm tubeless tiff. Yes, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, tubeless tiff. All right, so you guys are buying me uh, the quick pen or the syringe yeah. version yeah. of administering insulin. Um, okay, so next we have, uh, I guess, salt uh, supplements. So what that means is are you taking salt tabs or are you going to drink uh, sports drinks like Gatorade um, mm-hmm. or Powerade, I guess? Do people actually drink yeah. Powerade? Um, so it's really it's really just Gatorade or salt tabs uh, is kind of the question. Um, right. I know for you guys, there's a lot of... A lot of sugar and Gatorade, uh, so right. I'm excited to hear what you guys, what you guys, how you guys answer this. Uh, personally, I live for Gatorade. I love Gatorade. I'm a lemon lime guy. Uh, I drink Gatorade pretty much most days of the yeah. year. Uh, my other Gatorade, my go-to Gatorade when I'm sick is orange. For whatever reason, I think orange just makes me feel better. Yeah. It's probably a placebo it's a effect. mental thing. Uh, but I am I am buying the Gatorade and selling the salt tank. Yeah. Okay, so they actually have Gatorade that's like zero sugar or something. No, 
So, but I love but the sugar makes it taste good. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But it's, it's not that bad. But I will definitely do Gatorade over salt tabs for sure. I love Gatorade. I've always loved it. Um, I used to drink like the big ones before transplant because I, I don't know, I had a weird feeling. I was like, I need electrolytes. I need them all. <laughs> Give me all. <laughs> so I'd chug those and I'd feel so much better for some reason and it tastes good. So I'm definitely like a strawberry. Um, I think they have like strawberry kiwi or something like that. I like that one. So I, I, I will still drink it. I will just take the insulin for it. You know what I mean? I won't drink a whole bunch, but yes. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll buy Gatorade, sell the salt tabs. And I'm the same, buy the Gatorade, sell the salt tabs, right. and I get the, the one with person. I think we are, and I literally, I do, I cover for it. So that's the beauty of carb counting. If I know I'm going to drink some Gatorade, take a little extra insulin. And then the other mm-hmm. thing I love, I mean, I'm obsessed with really salty pretzels. Yes. So in the summer, it's like Gatorade and pretzels. So that oh, gets yes. me right back up to where I need to with my salt for intake. Sure. So, so no tabs, and I just cover for it with my insulin. But it's funny yeah. to say the orange Gatorade gunner because – when I was really sick after my sophomore year, that is all I was drinking. Wow. It was orange Gatorade was the <laughs> only thing I had a taste for. So, I, I, like, the, the orange Gatorade, in my opinion, feels like there's more sugar in it. So maybe it oh. tastes better. I, although, I mean, who, who knows? Like, it's probably, it's like, it's probably, it's it's probably like equivalent. The, it's yeah. like the glucose tolerance test. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Actually, funny you say that. When, when I do the glucose tolerance test, I don't know if you guys still yeah. do it, but when I do it, I actually do it with Coca-Cola. So, like, oh. I when I was younger, they would make me do it with the, the glucose or whatever, the, yeah, the glucose yeah. drink, and I would yeah. throw it up. Like, I just, oh. whatever, whatever reason, I could not tolerate it. So, finally, the doctor was like, y- you know, you can do this with, an, with another sugary drink. So, whenever right. I do my glucose tolerance test, I just do it with, I think it's oh. two full cans of Coke, or it's a can and two-thirds or something like that. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know you could do that. Yep. You can also do it with gummy bears. There, there's different uh, oh. there's different, there's different hmm. formulas like- that, uh, that that can be used. I like the gummy bears. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's for, those cool. of you, for those of you nice. listening, you may have just heard Blink in the background. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, next we have uh, another one. This one's a label. This one's actually kind of been highlighted. Uh, it's been more of a uh, important or more of a, uh, a bigger conversation. Uh, CF or verse person with CF. So, uh, personally, I buy person with CF. I think CF is a label. Uh, and I don't like using CFR for that reason. So I want to know what you guys think. I'm pretty neutral. Like, I, I don't I don't really um, care either way. Like, I really – CFR doesn't bother me either way. If you want to yeah. call me a person with CF, you know, I don't yeah. really have a preference either way. But I'm, I'm certainly not offended if somebody would, would refer to me as a CFR. Right. I agree. Um, you know, I use CFR sometimes, and then sometimes I use person with CF. You know, some people are offended by it, and then some aren't. I'm not offended by it. You can call me a CF or you can do whatever. So I'm neutral as well. I like both. I will use both. I'm not respond to both. (laughs) Yeah, I'll respond to both, you know. So, yeah, I'm on the same page for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying. Like, I I get that CFer is probably a little easier to say than person with CF, uh, but – you know, I again, I just kind of feel like it is. Uh, I think it's a bit of a label, and I just for that reason, uh, I don't like it. So now into the next category, we have a very similar uh, topic: the sister and fibro uh, labels. I know, obviously, Tiffany, the salty sister. Uh, <laughs> you know how she feels about that. Um, personally, I absolutely hate uh, 
when somebody calls me a fibro, I cannot stand it. Um, I think it's, I think it just, I don't think, it, I, don't, I like the way it sounds. And again, I think it's a label. I think the way Tiffany, you're using it with Salty yeah. Sister, however, as a brand makes sense. Yeah. So I think in right. terms of a brand, I think it's a good thing. However, when somebody calls me a fibro, like I cringe on the inside. Like I just feel, I feel secondhand awkward, awkwardness for the person who is saying it. Like, oh, yeah. fibro, like how you feeling, man? I'm like, oh, like I just, like my heart, my heart hurts for you when you call me a fibro. I think fibro sounds weird, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. Sister it's is just like kind of different because sister and sister. Fibro is just kind of weird. Yeah, I, I like it. It, re- it it grinds my gears when someone calls me a fibro. Yeah. I just like I'm like oh stop calling me that now. Right. Um, I don't like Sister it. Sister is just a play on words, so I feel like it works a little better. Than better, fibro. yeah. yeah. Right. I could yeah. I see how I see now that you say that though, Gunner. I see why it would, I see it. Why right. Yeah, no, I I yeah. I don't know. It, it bothers me. I know. Like, so I'm I'm selling the terms. However, I will uh, bend for the Salty Sisters because I think it's a nice brand. I think it's a fun brand. Um, I think it's a, a creative brand as well. Um, but if you're going to call me a fibro, don't expect me to take you seriously. That's just all I got to say. <laughs> now I'm going to say it to you just to bust your chops one day. <laughs> our, our friendship is quickly going to come to an end if, that, if that's the case. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, so that's where I, that's where I think, I think we, we know where this is going. So we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, the next is the Perry Vios Neb. Um, again, I'm not sure this is something that you guys have used. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, I use the the Perry Vios Pro Neb. Uh, it's actually designed, or at least it's my understanding (laughs) that it was designed with cystic fibrosis in mind. Uh, the one downside about it, uh, is that it doesn't last forever. Like it it kind of does, it does, it does die. Uh, I think mine, the longest I've made mine last is like two years. Uh, and I mean, you think about it, that's pretty good. Like you're doing eight nebs a day, eight nebs time, you know, times 365 Mm -hmm. days. That's, that's a lot. Like you're, you're using that thing for a lot of time. Um, so I, uh, I do like the Perivios Pro Neb. Right. Uh, I hate the eFlow. I think you know how I feel about the eFlow, so I'm buying right. uh, Perivios Pro. Yeah. So I use the Vios Pro for sure. But before, so the only thing I don't like about the Vios Pro is, like you said, it doesn't last. But I found <coughs> that the insert point that goes into the tubing into <coughs> the um, machine, it would get so hot that it would explode the tubing. I don't know if you yeah. had that, but it, the bubbles up yeah, and then well, it explodes. So that's why you have to use the Perivios Pro tubing for it. Like you have to use the right. the blue yeah, or the yeah, white yeah. tip one. Otherwise, if you if you use like the normal right. hose, it'll it'll it just right. won't work. So I used the the one that you said and it did it, but you know whatever. So then my insurance sent me a different one. I don't know why, but it did not last at all. <laughs> it was it, not used for a person with CF at all. So did you um, not did you not get your tubing with the neb cups like my like whenever I get one of my Perry LC yeah, Sprint neb cups it, it comes with so I have like a, I'm like yeah. inundated with oxygen tubes yeah it came with it but for some reason it kept exploding some not all the time but it would and it uh-huh. was with the regular the Perry one so uh-huh. I didn't know why um, but then so then I got that other one and it was awful and then I got back to the Vios Pro and it was great so. <laughs> I will definitely buy that. I just didn't like how it got overheated and stuff. But uh-huh. you know what are you gonna do? But it is great for CF, and I, I really enjoy it. So 
So on the on the topic of nebulizers, we're going to go to the Perry Trek, which is the mobile nebulizer. The Perry Trek, for those uh-huh. of you who don't know what that is, it's like a little yellow nebulizer that works in a car. Um, personally, I as much as I love Perry Vios Pro Neb, I hate the Perry Trek. Uh, I think yeah. it's just slow. The battery doesn't last very long. <clears throat> for me, when I'm in the car, m- most cars actually come with the normal outlet now. The normal, uh, yeah, normal outlet that you can plug a normal, you know, a normal nebulizer into. If your car doesn't, I would say I would recommend investing in either a, a, an electricity converter that mm-hmm. will, you know, work for uh, a normal uh, electric outlet. I, I, I don't know what the voltage of I, I just I'm just not educated enough to know that. But I think. Um, that you're you're better off buying a uh, a convert a car converter uh, yeah. compared to a uh, a Perry Trek. The Perry Trek, in my opinion, just just not very good. Yeah. So my the car that I had before didn't have a plug, so I got mm. the Perry Trek, and I only had it for like a month before transplant. Um, so I didn't use it too much. But like you said, the battery did not last very long, and you. You had to buy the yellow pack, the extra battery, mm-hmm. because you couldn't. It wouldn't last at all for uh-huh. our treatments that we do. It would not last. So I, re- I enjoyed having a portable one, but like you said, I would probably get a converter and um, do your regular NEB because it's going to work better than that probably. So it's so fascinating. While mm-hmm. I can't get offer my opinion on by yourself, <laughs> I've never had to use any of these. Right. These products also weren't available to me 15 mm-hmm. years ago, 15 plus years ago. So the, the yeah. fact that like we're talking about this stuff is mind-blowing to me because right. when I was doing my treatments, I didn't have the option to be you know, on the go and, and, and doing these treatments in the car. So I think that's just a fascinating increase of quality of life for all CF patients. Uh-huh. There, there was a point in time where actually Marge being a uh, – a Jersey girl yourself. I uh, <laughs> I actually I uh, was commuting for a job in New Jersey from Long Island for for a little while right after college, and what I would do was like I would wake up crack of dawn and instead of you know doing treatments here at house just to save my time and I was you know I had an hour and a half commute so right. what, what takes an hour and a half your treatments so I would get right. in the car strap on at that point I actually was using an Aflo vest um, as much as I didn't like it uh, it was the only one available at the time so I was using my Aflo vest and I had a nebulizer going in the car and you know. Mm-hmm. It work. It, it's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I had I had to travel. I had a commute for one of my internships that I had, and mm-hmm. it was just in a part of New Jersey where the traffic is insane. So yeah. like I'd have to leave so early, and I'd have to get up so much extra earlier just to like start my treatments. Mm-hmm. So if I would have had that capability, I absolutely would have just done it in the car because what else are you yeah. doing other than sitting in traffic? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you do get a lot of funny looks, which is funny. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I I've heard stories where people get pulled over. Doesn't uh, does not shock me, but uh, you right. know I think that um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just it makes life easier for a lot of folks now. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the mobile the mobile nebs are are, are good, um, but I think now that most cars are finally getting the actual uh, you know the appropriate voltage for for a normal mm-hmm. plug, uh, mm-hmm. I would I'm going back to not using the Perry track because it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, all right, so uh, next we have the everyone's old favorite Scandy Shakes um, versus uh, Kate Farms. Scandy Shakes are horrendous. I am selling those. By the way, Scandy Shakes find most of their calories in sugar. So, uh, you know how much nutritional value are you really getting out of them? Not a lot. Uh, Kate Farms a little better. Still a lot of sugar in them. Um, but I use them. They're feeding tube friendly. Not a problem. But I mean, if you know, if you've been listening to my the podcast, if you've been following the blog, you know that uh, generally speaking, I use 
uh, blenderized tube feeds for uh, my bolus feeds during the day for extra weight gain. So I mm-hmm. kind of buy the Kate Farms just because it's it's quote unquote healthier. Um, it's also feed tube friendly. Uh, I hated candy shakes when I was a kid, so I'm selling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I blend uh, smoothies that I use primarily for my feeding tube uh, extra calories. Right. Um, so I used Scanny Shakes before. I didn't like them. I never used Kate Farm, so I don't have an opinion. But can I just say I'll buy a Boost? Because I like Boost. <laughs> so, that's fine. That's, that's fine. It's, it's all kind of the same family, I guess. Yeah. I like the Boost uh, compared to the Scanny Shakes. So that's, what I, that's how I'll go with this. I am a sell, sell, sell on the Scanny Shakes. I absolutely hated the Scanny yeah. Shake. Um, and that was right before I got my feeding tube. It was a big push for me to go on the scanty chase and actually like drink them so that I didn't have to get the feeding tube. Yeah. And my mom used to put ice cream in them. Remember, this is a very long time ago. So sugar, fat, everything with that, you know, old CF diet. And I would mm-hmm. literally find ways to just not drink them. Yeah, I would I, like hide them. I would give them to my sister. Yeah. My sister would drink them. Um, <laughs> and at one point, my mom was like, "My mom was like, Kate, why you're gaining a little bit of weight?" So like my non-CFR sister is drinking the Scandi Shake for me, and we're pretending like I drank it. I don't recommend <laughs> that. Do not do that. But that is how much I hated the Scandi Shake. That's so. Funny. And now if I need anything, um, if I need a little help with weight gain, which sometimes I do if I get a cold and I lose weight, I'll go with the Glucerna. Um, so I, oh, I like yeah. the Glucerna. It's it's better. It's a little bit easier on the blood sugar for me. Right. Um, and it's just a quick, it doesn't taste terrible. It's a quick drink and gives you a little bit of extra calories. All right. Yeah, I think, like, Marjorie, you're hitting on, like, a, a really important thing, though, that, like, back in the, the 90s when we didn't have options, the Scandi Shake was the only thing available. Like, yes. it's a miracle any of us survived. It is. <laughs> you know, like, I think, I, like, the, the amount of options these kids had these days, they are so spoiled. They have no idea. <laughs> what it was like to live with CF back in the 90s. You know, I think I would kind of joke about it uh, in my, you know, in like a lot of my CF talks that there's, uh, that there's, we're now in the time of the CFTR modulators and the kids today like are like, thank God, by the way, they're never going to know the time before the CFTR modulators. They they won't know what it was like to have CF back then. Uh, And, you know, in a very, in kind of a serious way, it's creating like two very different CF populations. You know, it's creating the CF population that went through the very, very, very challenging time of the days before Orkambi and Clydeco and Simdeco. Uh, and, and now these kids you know, will never have to know what that was like, which is a great thing. Which is awesome. Uh, but it's also creating some of these like funny situations where you know we're sitting here talking about Scandi shakes as a thing in the past, and you know now kids are spoiled with like you know like any number of one options you can find in the in the grocery right. store. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, skinny shapes they they suck. I, I hope oh. no one from skinny shape is listening to this, but uh, <laughs> th- that product is horrendous. They are so bad. They are so bad. Yeah. Uh, my parents did the same thing. We tried with ice cream. We yeah. tried with anything. And I just would not drink them. I honestly would no. just like I would sit and stare at the glass <laughs> of skinny shake for an hour, just looking at it, and yeah, like yeah. and like pretend like somehow it was like getting going away, but it just wasn't. Right. It, was, it just wasn't. I would it wasn't dump it down the toilet. I would dump it down. Uh, the horrendous. <laughs> so I bad. Terrible. I just didn't want anything to do with it. It was awful. Oh, yeah. uh, horrendous. Yeah. They're so bad. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, dietary supplements, uh, we had a, a, a question or a topic presented about foods that uh, I guess increase the amount of mucus so there's thought that dairy may or may not do it uh mm-hmm. there there's 
that's the only one I can think of. Um, well, someone told me meat, and I was the other day actually on nope. my comments. Nope. Section. Nope. That's <laughs> said, I choose not to said, believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I choose um, not to believe uh, that. Yeah, I was like, no, I, I couldn't. Do, I can go without dairy or any of those. So now <laughs> I'm, I'm selling this topic. I. Uh, yeah. My milk is not leaving my diet. My meat yeah. certainly is not leaving my diet. No. I, in fact, I just had a ham sandwich not so long ago. Uh, right. And I, I, had a ham, I had a hamburger last night. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, meat is a staple of Gunnar Asiasen's diet, and it's going to stay <laughs> a staple. Agreed. Uh, in my, in my diet. Of putting the salt on it. Oh, yeah, the salt, the salt, the salt day. Like, yeah, I was at yeah. Easter. I was barbecuing. Yeah, uh-huh. My cousin was like, Gunner, take the salt. I'll take a video of you doing the salt day. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> next, thing, next thing you know, there I am, just you know, sprinkling some salt on the on the tenderloin that was on the uh, <laughs> on the barbecue. Yeah, that's great. I'm never giving up milk. I'm never giving up cheese. I'm not giving up my dairy. I'm yeah. not giving up meat. I mean, that's yeah. just it. I'm a meat eater. Yeah. I'm a carnivore. Right. It's just happening. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. and I love my milk. I love a glass of milk at night. Like mm-hmm. that's just a glass of milk and a cookie. Like I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. glass of milk and a cookie. I can't have milk, so but I can the process stuff. So um, I don't drink milk, but I love my cheese. You cannot yeah. give me away from cheese. <laughs> with, with like, I I um speaking of cookies, I, I'm like kind of a big cookie guy. I've become a cookie yeah. guy within the last year or so. The bakery in town sells these. I guess they're. I guess they're French cookies. I don't know what they are. They they they're called bow ties. They they're like they're basically sugar mm-hmm. cookies that are like in the shape of a bow tie. And they're really good. Um love them. Uh and then again when I was at uh admitted students weekend uh, at Tuck a few weeks ago, the hotel that I was staying at every day had uh butter cookies in the lobby. Uh, at, starting at like yeah. 3 p.m. each day. So I made sure that I was back in the hotel taking a break <laughs> from the admitted students weekend activities just so I could have a cookie or two before oh. getting back on campus. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I had become a cookie guy uh, over, over the past year or so. And uh, it's, 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 it's a good thing and a bad thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm charging straight <laughs> for CFRD uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, I can, if I continue with my, my cookie eating <laughs> habits. <laughs> um, okay, let's get back on topic here. Um, we have a few more topics left, and we'll uh, we'll we'll say goodbye and call it a day. Um, next, we have telling employers and or uh, a school, uh, you know, uh, a school that you may be applying to, like a university or uh, something like that, uh, about your cystic fibrosis. So, um, what do you guys think about this? This is a hot topic. It kind of goes either way for me. Uh, I can I, on some some cases I buy it, other cases I sell it. Uh, in fact, when I applied uh, to talk, I really owned my CF thing. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote my uh, my admissions essay about CF, about Leah, in fact. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, for me, I am buying this mm-hmm. uh, when, when applying to school uh, yeah. for an employer. Uh, I have always told it and disclosed it to my employers, uh, but I know that there are certain cases where it may not be acceptable to do that. Uh, so yeah. I am like a 90% buy on this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very situational. Um, but in my experience, um, and I've been working now for, for 13 years, every time I've disclosed it, it's always been embraced with open arms. And, and it's made me feel more like myself like when I first started working out of college I didn't tell anybody and then of course I got a cough I got sick and I ended up in the hospital so then I ended up I just ended up telling everybody what was going on and Mm -hmm. I partly think it was just it was causing me so much anxiety that I was 
holding back this part of who I was mm -hmm. with people that I was spending most of my time with. Yeah. And I just think it made my employers understand me and appreciate me a little bit more and understand why I'm so organized and ahead of my, you know, work and things like that. And mm -hmm. I think it saw that, like, made them see that I bring a different skill set yeah. as well, like a valuable skill set to my profession. So yeah. I'm all I'm all in on that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the responsibility in that because mm -hmm. we've had to be so responsible since we we're young, young, young. So that's yeah. So I agree. Um for school, I think I wrote an essay as well, and I did own my CF for sure. And then um, for employers, when I was younger, they knew because my friend, my best friend, who's basically my sister, worked there, and they knew me from her. So they all knew about it already, so I didn't really have to talk about it too much, and they understood, and I felt like I was... Um, you know, everybody was understanding and stuff, especially when I was sick. So um, I haven't really had a problem with it. So I would definitely buy it in those circumstances. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to be a bit of a devil's advocate here, I think there are situations where it could be tough to, to disclose. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I agree. Um, For sure. you know, I think genetic discrimination does exist to an extent. And it's also the kind of thing where, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's very, very difficult to, to prove yeah. uh, that you're not being employed because of your CF. So yeah. um, I think on one hand, you do get protections of the Americans with Disabilities Act if you do disclose your CF, um, but it's also quite difficult to uh, to prove uh, discrimination uh, in certain instances. Uh, and, and in some cases, yeah. it, it could be valuable to, to not disclose. Um, if you're the kind of person who hasn't disclosed your CF to an employer, tell us why. You know, like yeah. write us in a comment or DM why you have not disclosed your CF to an employer. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, our last topic is uh, the topic of therapy. Uh, are you buying or selling therapy? Um, I think just because Darcy's a psychotherapist herself, <laughs> I have to buy this. Um, I. That being said, uh, that being said, I've never actually done therapy. Um, I it probably would be a good thing for me, um, yeah. but I've, I've never actually done it. Um, Although sometimes I feel like every conversation that I have with Darcy, uh, I am being, I am being psychoanalyzed. Uh, so, so maybe to an extent I am being therapy, uh, but uh, I I think I think it's the kind of thing where uh, some mental health issues and cystic fibrosis are going untreated. They're going unnoticed. Uh, they're being yeah. uh, misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. So, um, I think. If you think you may benefit from therapy, it may be a good idea to explore it or to at least mm -hmm. you know bring it up with your doctor um, right. to talk about you know, maybe some next steps that you could take in that regard. Uh, but I don't have experience with it, but I yeah. have to say that I am going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> You're surrounded by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have no yeah. choice, Connor. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, I've never, I've never had it. Um, after transplant, that they do have the psych team come in because you are on a lot of medications and very high doses. And you already talked about. It. I've had hallucinations and I was very anxiety ridden and didn't want people around me. But <laughs> so that's the only experience I've had with it, and um, I've never really needed it, in my opinion. So I, I, you know, I think if you need it for sure, go for it. Um, but like if I needed it, I would totally do it. So I don't know how that's buy or sell. I guess that's neutral, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. So I've never actually done it, but I'm a huge buy on this because I right. do think that 
you know, dealing with a chronic illness every day mm -hmm. and going through transplant. And I, of course, I had to go through the psych evaluation through transplant, stayed very, very close to um, therapist <laughs> during that process. But like, you know, once I kind of got over the transplant, I haven't gone back to it. But I do think it's very beneficial, especially if you're dealing with like a bump in, in the road, whether yeah. you're post-transplant or on your way to transplant or in CF. I just always think it's good to have an outlet to talk to somebody about it mm -hmm. and maybe get some coping mechanisms. And I think, you know, there's still, it's a little, still a little taboo for some reason, but I just, I mm -hmm. think it's something that, you know, everybody could benefit from. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I throw that to caretakers too. Yeah. You know, our parents and siblings oh, sometimes definitely. could probably use some, some help in that area. Yeah. I know. I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, there's also, there is documented, uh, uh, risk factors for care providers and caregivers, mm -hmm. you know, our parents or family members, uh, especially mothers of people with cystic mm -hmm. fibrosis are at increased mm -hmm. risks of, uh, you know, PTSD, depression, and things, things of that nature. So, um, you know, it is the kind of thing where uh, I think it's worth a conversation if uh, you feel even the slightest bit that you may need it. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, for that reason, it's it's certainly a buy uh, in, yeah. in, mm -hmm. in my book. Um, yeah. So that's where we'll end this buy or sell episode. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been good. Um, minus, the, uh -huh. <laughs> minus the moment where my dog barks. So I apologize to everyone who, who may have heard Blinky barking uh, earlier in the episode. Uh, she uh, she has since calmed down. Um, but uh, Marge, I want to say thank you for the residency yeah, that you yes. did on the podcast yeah. this month. This was uh, it was really cool to have Great. a residency, and uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll have you back. But uh, you know, thanks for doing this with us. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to uh, join you guys again sometime. We yeah, can't wait. Cool. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can uh, follow Breathe In uh, on our Instagram, which is at breathe underscore in underscore pod. That's also our email address, breathe underscore in underscore pod at assassin.org. Uh, if you're following us uh, or listening to us on iTunes, rather, make sure you uh, subscribe, rate, and review five stars yeah. if you do so. And make sure Hi. you give us a review as well. Uh, you can also listen yes. to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, gunnerassassin.com. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that is it for me. We'll be back next month in May for Assistic Fibrosis oh. Awareness Month. We have a lot of cool things planned for the podcast yes. uh, in May. You're going to be hearing from a lot of people with cystic fibrosis and some normals too. Some of the normals yeah. will be contributing. <laughs> some of the normals will be contributing in Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. It's been a while since we've had a normal on the podcast. Um, so it's, it's make sure it's good to give those people a voice too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch everyone next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye.